Welcome to Account-Based Marketing. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders, sharing thoughts and practical tips for becoming more customer-centric and accelerating revenue growth. Hosted by me, Alicia Linden, CEO at Momentum ITSMA, a global B2B growth consultancy and advisory firm. Welcome to this episode of Account-Based Marketing. ABM programs are synonymous with enterprise accounts. So today I'm thrilled to be joined by Jackie McKinley, Vice President for Enterprise Sales in the US for NetApp. Jackie, welcome. Thank you, Alicia. It's really great to have you with us. I'd love for you to kick us off with a bit about you and um, your, your current role at NetApp. Certainly, it's my pleasure, and thank you for having me today. My current role, as you just described, is the Vice President for U.S. Enterprise Sales. And what NetApp has recently done, Alicia, is taken our East, our South, and our West and really combined into one organization. So now I have responsibility for all the sales team's members. I'd say about 130 or so client executives across the United States, and our focus is on all the solutions that NetApp provides, focusing a lot on cloud, and we still have hybrid cloud as well as a key part of our portfolio. And the the route to getting to this position has been pretty exciting. I've had the role since May of 2022. And prior to that role, I came to NetApp just 14 months ago. And at that point, I was focused on the South. I had the, uh, the sellers for the South and really wanted to drive transformation within NetApp for that South area. And it worked out so very well that after six months, I was tapping the shoulders to run all of the U.S. and implement some of those changes more broadly. So it's been a very, very exciting change. And my road to getting to this position as the vice president for enterprise sales for the U.S. really started before coming to NetApp. I was at, um, at Dell Technologies for 16 years. Prior to that, I was with IBM and with Honeywell. So I've been in the IT or technology realm for over 25 years. Fantastic. And um, Jackie, when was your first foray into into sales? Wonderful question. And it's a very strange journey. So I actually started out being an AS400 systems engineer. I was really an administrator first. It's a long story, but I'll try to make it shorter, but a pretty fun story. So I had gotten married back then and um, had to take the position that was available in the area in which I lived. And that was up in Providence, Rhode Island. And that was as a cash fund administrator, processing expense reports, paying bills. Psychologically, I thought it was a little beneath me. But Alicia, I can tell you that the way to the top is not always vertical. It's about horizontal and experiences along the way. That was the best decision I ever made to take that role because I got a chance to meet everyone who ever traveled and who loved their jobs, who didn't like their jobs. And I got to interact and I was able to do very well in that administrative role and then be the first individual to take the test to become a systems engineer. I asked my leadership team, could I do that? And they said, you perform well. So I did that, became a systems engineer for AS400, loved it. One of the projects I was on at that time, I had to, to lead at this point was Nations Bank many years ago and came off maternity to lead to lead this project. We got the project from being behind in terms of the milestones, et cetera. At the end of the project, the customer pulled me aside and said, you know, you should look at sales. And I said, why me going to sales? And she said, you have the power of influence. You have the power to bring people together and to solve problems and challenges. And that's how I got into sales. A customer identified those qualities. I was always intimidated about sales. 
And what I recognize from me, Alicia, sales is not selling a product, it's solving a customer's problems. And I've loved it ever since. I love that. I think, yeah, everyone has a slightly different uh, perception of selling. And I, the book, To Sell is Human, I think is uh, something that I, I keep very close to me. It's, it's solving problems. It's helping organizations. And, and just to segue into that, Jackie, um, love to understand as, as you're thinking about building out sales teams as, as you've done over the, over the past few years, you know, what, what are you seeing as the key skills? You know, what are you hiring for? It sounds like you've moved into this area through your specialism and, and really building on your engineering skills, but also your, your emotional intelligence and, and what you brought to the table in soft skills as well. Well, thank you, Alicia. And so it's interesting. We're hard, we've been doing a lot of hiring lately. As we have reorganized, for example, I had to build out an entire enterprise acquire team, an acquisition team that's, that's new and, and different for NetApp this particular year. And what we're looking for is agility and being able to transform and to be open. I'm looking for a continual learner. I do like to have people who have been successful in the past and have demonstrated that in different capacities. Not necessarily all all IT, it's about having well-rounded experiences and also the ability to, again, adjust very quickly. And what I found is those individuals who are continual learners, they're open. I would take them any day than someone who's been in the role for 15, 20 years and I think they know how to do it. So that's been what's interesting um, because we're on a really great trajectory to transform. And so as we're hiring, I'm, I'm excited because I see hungry people. They want to grow. They want to keep developing. So those are the types of skills we're looking for. Some success in the past, having the ability to, to be agile, and then a continuous learner. And just building on those skill sets, have you seen that skill mix change, just reflecting back on where we are today versus five, 10 years ago, uh, 15, 20 years ago, how has sales skills changed when you're thinking about bringing in new hires and talent? I would say yes, because before I would say we were focused on product knowledge. Have you have you really honed the skill and you know the storage industry or this particular set of solutions we're trying to sell? And now it's more broadly because we're looking at value-based sellers. I want someone who can really understand, can you go in there and uncover the needs of a customer? Don't even talk about a product. So it really has transformed from being more product-focused to outcome-focused. I think it's been really encouraging uh, over the past decade to see so many tech organizations become more value and and client orientated. Have you seen a shift just even in the last couple of years where, you know, we we recognize sales become a bit of a team sport rather than an individual sport and given you can pull in execs, you can pull in uh, other technical team members into client conversations. Is is that changing the caliber and the individual that you're hiring? Um, Absolutely. You, you said a mouthful right there, um, <laughs> because that really is what we're looking for. I always have a quote that says, you don't win alone and you can't lose alone. It really is a team sport. Selling is a team sport now more so than ever, especially in the role that I have to piggyback on the last question. What are we looking for? I want, I want individuals who are team players. Who are, and again, we're looking for our client executives to be orchestrated, orchestra leaders. They have to form the team. And I love in America, NFL, football, college football. And so they're the quarterback, but they have a whole team of people that they have to be able to utilize effectively. And so that has changed a lot. It's a broad portfolio you're trying to offer to customers. You can't be a specialist in all those areas. 
nor should you be a specialist in the eyes of your customers. So absolutely need those individuals who can capitalize on leveraging the resources that surround them. And just thinking about the team that you've been building since the start of your new role, how are you finding talent acquisition given the kind of backdrop of the great resignation? Are you finding the market is you've got lots of great talent and you're uh, spoiled for choice or, or are you um, going into different different teams, different different environments to find that talent? We're going into different environments to find the talent. What I've found is you have to be very intentional. And what I wanted to make sure that as we built out our teams, we're not building homogenous teams. We want backgrounds of every varied sources. Diversity is so important. There's a study I'll say that McKinsey did that says those companies that hire gender diversity, ethnic diverse, ethnic diversity, all kinds of diverse talent, from a gender standpoint, they're about 25% more profitable, more productive, and from an ethnicity, about 36%. And so we're looking at, and even internally, giving people opportunities they never had before. So I would say to, to work with talent acquisition, here, acquisition, here's what we're doing. We had to look at the employee resource groups. We had to get referrals from them. That's one source. In addition, we started working with outside organizations that our company NetApp never looked at before. So we have virtual career fairs we're doing via the Zoom model has taught us a lot and it's been working effectively. We think pe people are tired of Zoom, but we kind of do ours a little differently. We get a panel, panel of individuals who just share their stories and it's working so well. And if the audience that we're targeting, we make people we have on the panel look like them, talk like them. And so we've had great success in my last 14 months. We've hired probably about 25 people from that avenue alone. Wow, that sounds really interesting. And uh, you touched on a, a point there that's very close to uh, our heart at Momentum. We've got a whole podcast on, on breaking the bias. And just given your career history, you've worked at big organizations like NetApp, Dell, you know, IBM, Honeywell, you mentioned. H how diverse are their sales teams in reality? I, I know you're building a very diverse team, but what, what's your objective view as, as we stand back and, and look at some of these organizations? Wow, what a question. And I like data. Lead me on that one, Alicia, because when people start seeing change, they think, oh, haven't we arrived there? I would say every company I've been a part of in sales, particularly, is not very diverse from a gender perspective, from an underrepresented minority perspective, veteran perspective, all of that across the board, every company. And I've studied these other companies as well, um, outside of the four that you just mentioned. And, and what you've got to find is, I he, here's my, my survey that I've been asking individuals. Why don't you have more diverse teams? You probably have heard the same thing. Oh, I can't find the talent. I can tell you the talent's out there. I just attended a conference in Atlanta. I had 30,000 sales professionals with people of color. I mean, outstanding talent. So I'm seeking out the talent. And I tell everyone, be intentional like everything else. And don't just keep going with the, your personal uh, sphere of influence. You've got to make sure that you're being uh, casting a wider net and you'll find that wet that net can draw in lots of diverse talent. Yeah, I was actually with a, a client last week and their enterprise sales team at, at one of their kickoffs. I won't, I won't mention who the organization is, uh, but there were two, two female people in the room against sort of 80 or so men and then uh, a small, I think probably three to five people that were not white origin. So yeah, in interesting that, that to me, it feels like sales is probably a key area that diversity is lacking compared to some of the other functions that I see in these big organizations. 
I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. What What would your advice be, Jackie, to other sales leaders that are building out teams in in, in this market climate? You know, you're, it sounds like you're really out there exploring different talent avenues. You're really thinking about the types of people that you're hiring in terms of soft skills uh, and, and EQ. Could, could you give your you know, top advice for anyone else that's building an enterprise sales team? You know, where do you start? What, what would you avoid? Absolutely. I would say this. I would say challenge your talent acquisition team. You can't, like we just talked about, selling as a team sport. Building a diverse team, I found, is a team sport as well. I collaborate every other week. I have a one-on-one with the talent acquisition leadership team, and we talk about strategies. We're very intentional. And then I roll those strategies out broadly. I make sure, for example, my sales peers, they've seen what I've been fortunate enough to accomplish with the collaboration of talent acquisition, my whole sales team buying into it. Now everyone bought into it in the beginning, but now that they've seen the results that a diverse team has derived, they're now paying attention. So the first thing I'd say, hold talent acquisition more accountable. Ask them where, if you're getting the same um, sort of talent, ask them to broaden the talent pool, leverage your network, right? The individual's networks, make sure that you're touching more than just um, referrals from your own sphere of influence. Find out who's connected with you on LinkedIn. Just really normal things you can do. I can't imagine how many people have LinkedIn me all the time. And I find out who do I know? I don't want to just approach people from a code perspective. I find out once they you know they're serious candidates, I then look and see who do I know? Whom do I know that might know them and get background information that way. But it's not been very difficult at all. Talent acquisition, leveraging networks, making sure you're intentional about broadening the networks and then partnering lastly with other organizations that target the talent you're looking at. For example, I partnered with National Sales Network, large database of people of color, the National Association of Women and Sales Professionals. Those are women in sales, um, Afros in tech, Latins in tech. So when we started working with talent acquisition, talent acquisition never knew about these groups. I informed them and now we have partnerships. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it sounds like you've established some really great partnerships that will continue to help you flourish and and develop the the, the team. How are you building a team in given it's such a performance-centric role and it sounds like you're creating it's fantastic team spirit. You're bringing in more diverse talent, but ultimately you net up like many of your peers and, and adjacent organizations are quarterly driven businesses. It's all about revenue. Um, you know, what impact does that have on how you think about building out your team? Absolutely. Yes. No matter what we do, it's all about driving to the bottom line number. And so when I'll be honest, and this is a culture that is a great culture that we're in, but this is going to be very eye opening. I love the culture that we have here at NetApp. It's amazing. But what I had have to admit is that it's a family culture. And my coming in is how do I keep that really great culture, but then educate people that this is not a family. We're a team. Family is what you're born into. Teams can be exchanged and interchangeable, and you want to have high-performing teams. So what I've had to do Surround myself with leadership that when I talked about being coachable, being open, I challenge my leaders to continue to read. One of the best books for me is called The Next Level Book. I've read it five times and I have my leaders listening to the podcast, et cetera, because to answer your question, I always ask them, do you have a team that will get you to your number? Because the numbers are never going to go down. 
and it's amazing, it makes them really evaluate it. And we go by the data. I really get the emotions out because some what I found when I started doing this exercise, Alicia, there are so many people who've been here for a long time, they feel very protective of their team. So I knew I had to get the emotions out. I said, let's look at the data. Let's look at the last three years of performance and let's find out, are you doing that individual a service if you're not challenging them and helping them make money? Because sailors like to make money. And if they don't, they're maybe in the wrong position. So it's really looking at data and understanding the talent that we have and do they have the skills to get us to the next level, get them to the next level. If they don't, number one, what's the skills gap? Is it a skills gap? Is it a talent gap or are they in the wrong role? And Jackie, I know that you've sold into and led teams selling into commercial accounts and you know, given your, your current role is purely focused on enterprise. What, what are you seeing as the difference when it comes to, to selling into enterprise accounts versus commercial accounts? Excellent question. And it's been a big difference. So when I had commercial accounts and then one time I had a billion dollar business and commercial was a big part of that. They're more transactional focus. It's like right now you can go in, have a conversation like I'm having with you, Alicia, and within a week I can get that purchase order. I mean, they can turn it around very, very quickly. In the enterprise business, it's much more strategic is what I have found. Again, it is really driving those business outcomes, the business value, the transformation, helping customers transform and and really getting to know from an enterprise standpoint what their key business drivers are, looking at their 10K, looking at their financial objectives. So I would say enterprise is a longer sales cycle. And in the enterprise business, you really do have to have yourself surrounded with a pool of resources to be able to give the customer, drive value for the customer. I totally agree. I mean, I think the enterprise is definitely knottier, isn't it? The buying cycles are more complex. Buying teams are, you know, somewhat siloed and, and, and again, have an added layer of complexity. Have you found in enterprise buying cycles and just thinking about your sellers, are they having to navigate more stakeholders? Are they different types of obstacles that they're facing? Is it, is it more value-based in those um, sales engagements? I would say sales cycles, they definitely are longer in some regards. And from a value base, it's all value based from an enterprise standpoint. And, and again, that's a transition we had to make. Selling a product, which was storage in the beginning for NetApp, it was an easier sell. However, now that we're transitioning where the, the industry's taken us to cloud, you have to really go after the right persona. And, and that's been a change too. You have to broaden in the enterprise business, you have to really broaden your, your contacts within a customer set. And going now to the C-level suite, many of them had not done that before. Going to, we're doing FinOps and DevOps and going to the application owners. It's really making our sellers, our orchestra leaders say, let me look at my, do a strategy plan for the account. And then start to understand the language of that persona within the customer that you're talking. If you go and talk to someone who's concerned about the cloud infrastructure, they don't care about the storage. Um, so it's the different conversation you have with an IT individual versus a CFO that might be looking to go from a, a, OPEX, a CAPEX to an OPEX model. So getting our sellers comfortable with that new language. And what about um, enabling sales teams? I mean, you, your, your teams are selling a multitude of propositions. There's a number of sales plays, You've got all these complex enterprise accounts. You know, what, what's worked for you when it comes to equipping your sales leadership team, your sales teams themselves 
to to have those facilitate those conversations and really navigate those buying cycles. I would say education training. We I love the fact that NetApp does a lot of training because we do have a lot of sales plays. So first we train them um, uh, to expose them to all the different sales plays, and then we start using data. We start doing more account mapping and looking at propensity, the propensity for example, for cloud, what hybrid cloud based upon what the data is telling us. And then from there, we then take the larger number of plays and have the more focused plays. And that's where marketing comes in. We leverage our account-based marketing team extremely well. And we look at the different segments that we're targeting. For example, in our acquire business, they have customized propensity models because their whole focus would be focusing on cloud. Our install base, they have to do both approaches, hybrid cloud on-premise solutions and clouds, but we leverage the sales plays and focusing on four or five out of 18 based upon the data that says, here is what your customers are looking at. We can tell you what they've researched recently. They've gone out to some of the NetApp websites. They looked at XYZ and we focus our attention then based upon what the area of interest is for the customer. I mean, there's so much rich data now available. And I think, you know, partly there's always we hear the, the data stat of how much activity happens pre-engaging um, sellers. But actually, you know, you, you've got a wealth of information on, on these accounts. And it sounds like you're, you're using that really to prioritize resources and, and effort. What would your advice be to um, partnering between you know, sales and marketing leaders? How can they work more effectively together, in, in particular, to grow enterprise accounts? Excellent. Great question, because I love my partnership with our marketing team. So I would say from a more effective um, partner with marketing is really trying to find out what strategy are you looking to drive based upon the segment that you're in. And then you're looking at different touches. You want to have multiple touches. It's not one um, one approach services all customers. So being very, very open to how you solve that, that challenge. And here's an example. So we, we're looking at how do we look at our install base, for example, that may have purchased one of our solutions. I don't want to give all our secret sauce away, but <laughs> it's easier to expand versus going to acquire new. So how do we have campaigns around taking advantage of those install base customers and, and leveraging that, giving them something special for them since they know and love NetApp and having a campaign focus on that particular segment? Then we'll look at what do we need to do for acquiring new customers. So we we customize our approaches based upon what we now want to do within that install base versus net new customers and getting marketing to look at. It's not just leads that we're looking for. And, and that was the, the, the approach of old. Now what net, what marketing is working with us on is how to give give content to customers that's of interest to that customer. And once that content's delivered, that lets us know are they interested in that? And therefore they'll pass that information on to our sellers to say, hey, this is a hot topic. Go after this customer. So working with campaigns is very unique and specific to that, that customer segment we're going after. I'd love to get your advice for salespeople looking to move into leadership roles. You know, what, what, what's your advice as uh, you're talking to development parts of your own teams and, and drawing on your own experience? How can more sellers move into uh, leadership roles? Absolutely. I, I have this conversation quite often, probably every day, Alicia. <laughs> and, and so I'm great I, at selling, therefore I should be managing a team. That's that right. That? Exactly. Exactly. 
<laughs> and what I do is I, I begin to, um, we look at their past performance and, and I, I really find out what do you love to do? Because they have to know what leadership is all about. So I, I start to expose them on leadership, what it entails. And then I start giving them assignments. I always tell them if it's not me, it's their direct leader. You broaden them while they're doing and and being successful in their current role. What I do is give them leadership opportunities. For example, we developed a council recently. I won't go into detail about the council. And we have high-performing leaders get on this council so they can be the voice of the field. And they begin to have exposure to myself and all my leadership teams to come and present information to us and let us know the executive presence. So that's just giving them growth opportunities, giving them stretch assignments, because, you know, executives, we have 85 things to do and it's all due to day sometimes. So what I do is giving give them assignments, giving them exposure and giving them a, a trajectory and a timetable of what they can accomplish and let them know that they can be a leader right where they are and that the road to leadership is not always vertical. I also ask them to look outside of the sales role to grow their career. Should they go and get more experience from a strategy team? Do they need to go into our chief commercial office? Do they need to go on another team to gain more more experience when they look at their gaps that they might have? So I have those conversations because that's, that helped me a lot that I didn't know I had a gap. Somebody else on my blind spot put me in a role. I'm thinking, what in the world was I doing that role? And now I look back, that leader saw something in me, saw my great potential and knew I needed to have more of a strategy background. And that changed my whole trajectory of my career. Yeah, fantastic advice. Uh, A lot of that resonates with me, particularly that idea of go and work in a different role. And actually that helps you develop in in different areas. Really really useful advice for anyone looking to move into a sales leadership role. Thank you, Jackie. And just would love to finish on what keeps you passionate, Jackie? Just thinking about your sales career, looking forward. what, What are you most excited about? I love developing people coaching teams and seeing driving results for the company. I love making an impact. I made the decision to leave Dell to come into NetApp. I didn't know I was going to leave, but when NetApp told me I could come in here and not only make a difference, I could make an impact. And that's what keeps me passionate. The company is open for new ideas. I can take a blank piece of paper and make my own stamp on it. It keeps me excited. And here's the, the last part I'll say that really makes me get up and want to make a difference every day. I got this unsolicited text from an individual contributor on my team that I'm mentoring. And if I could share this text, it lets you know. It says, hi, Jackie. I hope you're having a great morning. Late yesterday evening, my sister, I won't mention her name, accepted an offer to join the NetApp family as a member of the S3 Academy leadership team. I've been in her ear about pivoting from the school system for three years now, but she did not have the confidence to shift until she started joining your webinars earlier this year. I can't thank you enough for all that you're doing. This is a life-changing opportunity for her and my entire family. I don't know if we'll ever be able to quantify or qualify the impact of these efforts, but lives really are being changed. And it's extremely heartwarming for me to be able to support your initiatives. I'm truly honored to work with and for you. You're a gem and an inspiration and we're so blessed to have you. That keeps me passionate. It keeps me going every day. Wow, that's amazing. Well, it sounds like those are all, all of those roads are converging, both in terms of building out your enterprise sales team, attracting talent, um, and as you say, driving real material impact for, for NetApp's business. 
Absolutely. Well, Jackie, really fantastic to have you on and sharing your insights about enterprise sales and hearing more about your journey. It's been a fantastic career trajectory at this point, and I can't wait to see what you do at NetApp over the coming years. And uh, yeah, thanks again for, for joining us. And thank you for the invitation, Alicia. It's been my pleasure joining, and I certainly appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum ITSMA, a leading B2B growth consultancy and pioneers of account-based marketing. Learn more at MomentumITSMA.com.